A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now is Michael Goodwin, a Pulitzer Prize winning columnist from the New York Post. Um, Michael, uh, we were talking about migrants. I know it's something you're really hot on, uh, the finger pointing back and forth. Yes, uh, thank you, Rita. Uh, yes, I thought when the Governor Abbott of Texas was in New York this week, it was a golden opportunity for uh, Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams to sort of cross that bridge and as you were just talking about uh, in Congress, to work with a fellow governor who is sharing the same problem, which is the open border. But instead, Hoko and Adams retreated into the Democratic corner and blasted the Republicans, blamed the Republicans for the problem, which is facetious. I mean, it's not even close to the truth, but it's just they lapsed into party loyalty, which strikes me as self-defeating because only at this point Joe Biden can fix the border. He broke it. He has to fix it. So they have a common problem with Greg Abbott, but they took they took the, the party loyalty test, apparently, and drank the Kool-Aid. Michael, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. You just raised the interesting issue about Biden breaking the border and how he should fix it. You know, there's been a lot of attention to the impeachment inquiry, and I submit that The real problem is that Biden has broken his oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution, to enforce the laws faithfully, and to protect our our national security. And that in itself are impeachable offenses. What say you, Michael? Well, I think they they could be, certainly, in this case. Uh, But that seems unlikely, given that the Republicans are gone down the road toward this, the, the Hunter Biden Association, the, the big guy getting the cut and all of that. I, I think that's the way this is going. And I don't know whether you could mix the two. I don't know whether that's, uh, I mean, legally you could, but I don't know if politi- politically they would go that way. I, I watch, you know, I, I have two computer screens above my computer at home when I work, I work at night. And one one is on CNN and one is on Fox News. Can I correct you? You don't work at night. You work 24-7. Yes, right. <laughs> 24-7. Uh, CNN uh, has one story on, on the same story. CNN right. has one way of saying it, and Fox News has a different way of saying it. Well, well, how, how do we come together? It, it, look, John, I agree with you that the media is a very big part of the problem in this polarization. But I I would argue also that I think the media, what has happened is that it is essentially following Washington. I think when you look at government, when you look at the Congress, for example, I mean, the, the whole filibuster rule, right? It seems like antiquated times now that you needed 60 votes for a Supreme Court justice. Um, but Harry Reid broke that to get some of the Obama judicial appointees. I mean, you needed it for all judges, but especially Supreme Court. Harry Reid broke that in order to, to get some of Obama's appointees on. And Mitch McConnell said, if you break it for these judicial nominations, we're going to break it for the Supreme Court, too. And Reid didn't stop. And so... This is the kind of thing that I think Washington is doing, and and the media bears its own responsibility for following that course. But I believe the the solution 
has to start in Washington. And that's where I think the, the gulf is growing wider and wider. Just quickly, I would say that if you look back even 25 or 30 years and you said, here is an average Democrat and here is an average Republican, you would say they're not that far apart. On a, on a, on a spectrum, they're you know, probably both somewhat near the middle. If you took today and said, here's an average Democrat and here's an average Republican, they're much further apart. They've drifted much wider toward yeah. their toward their corners. By the way, yeah, by the way, this is something that Washington has to address. And Michael, too, I thought case in point was even the impeachment hearing yesterday. I'm curious, uh, the impeachment inquiry. Um, it was like two different worlds. Um, highlighting exactly what you're saying. The Republicans were saying, here's the text, here's the WhatsApp messages with Hunter Biden. And the Democrats were uh, Trump, 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 and didn't even want to focus on it. Um, yeah. By the way, where do you see that going? Because we know that Comer in the last few hours has subpoenaed Hunter's bank records, also Jim Biden's bank records. They want personal and business. Uh, where do you see that headed? Well, I I believe that Joe Biden is guilty of taking money from these deals. And I believe that that is a reasonable standard for which the Republicans must meet. They must show that in in some ways that are clear. Uh, I think the public, oddly, is well ahead of the Democratic Party on this. Every poll shows a majority of Americans believe Joe Biden did something to help his son's businesses and that even a slight majority believe that it was illegal. But And, and the Democrats are jumping up and down and saying, well, where's the proof? Where's the proof where the money actually went to Joe Biden? Yes, and, and, I, and I think their behavior yesterday was foolish because it seems to me that there are some things that are beyond dispute. Joe Biden clearly lied when he said he had never discussed his son's business. He clearly lied when he said his son never got money, never made a dime in China. So those things are big, big lies that are out there. I don't, I don't know why the Democrats are in such an absolutist state of mind that they will not give this any credibility whatsoever. I think they're better off if they want to defend him to draw a tighter circle and not to sort, not to sort of say there's nothing here. There's clearly something here. And yet, by the way, uh, yet they, they can't wait cool. to throw Menendez over the bus too. That happened after five seconds. Uh, Michael Goodwin, um, thank you so much. We got to go to a break. Um, uh, do you have a question, Gov Patterson? Governor Patterson, a quick one. No, I was just going to tell Michael that uh, I said that here yesterday that I would have sat back and not really said anything and let them sort of build their case and take notes on what you think is wrong. Because you have more credibility if you say it later on after you've listened than having someone five minutes into the debate say this is all a game. Well, they're all young kids playing ping pong. Yeah, yeah, well, and some of them, boy, were they playing ping pong yesterday. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Michael Goodwin. Thank you, Michael. uh, Thank you for everything you do.